I see you on TV at the Mariners game. Behind oh, the gosh. Yeah, I'm sitting in my aunt's <laughs> seats. So, yeah, that's for that's Yeah, that's I know. Good... given me her seats before to sit in. They're, wow. they're amazing. For a while, my daughter thought that's how it was to go to baseball games. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my kids yeah. think that's what it's like to go to baseball games, too, and it's not, it's not good <laughs> precedent. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Nordy Pod. I'm Pete Nordstrom, president of Nordstrom, and your host for this podcast. Join me as I take you on an honest, authentic journey through our company and introduce you to many of the fascinating people in my life, one episode at a time. Now, if you've been listening to the Nordy Pod for any amount of time, you've probably heard my spiel at the end of the show about sending us your personal Nordstrom stories. Well, for this episode, we're finally tearing open the proverbial Nordstrom mailbag to share a few interesting stories that have really stood out. And as I say in every episode, we love hearing from you. So I hope this episode inspires more of you to think back to your favorite Nordstrom experience and share it with us. So stick around until the end and we'll tell you how to get involved. But for now, settle in and listen as I follow up on a few customer submissions to the Nordstrom mailbag. off, we're going to replay part of a conversation that we teased in the last episode. I received a really interesting email from a woman by the name of Joan Waltman, who had a question about the scent inside of our stores. Now, this topic has actually popped up a few times in the mailbag, which I thought was pretty interesting. And truth be told, I honestly don't know the answer to this. So I decided to investigate a little bit further. Here's a little piece of that conversation to get you up to speed. Hi, is this Joan? Yes, it is. Hi, it's Pete Nordstrom calling. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I just, I want to follow up on that note that you'd sent us about the specific scent in our store. Tell me about how it came to be that you noticed that there's a specific scent. Okay, well, I just noticed that when I would go into a Nordstrom, generally, like, very pleasant smell. But, you know, I take my package home. And I would take everything out, and for a little while, until like I did my laundry, I would have that scent in my closet, and I really liked it. I gotta admit, when I got this note, uh-huh, I'm not sure. And then actually, I got another call from a customer saying a version of the same thing, like, you guys have some kind of scent, and I go, I gotta figure this out. So. I'm actually trying to dig in to see if there's a little bit of history about this because now I'm pretty interested. I mean, it's like, well, look, either we do or we don't, and we did or we didn't. I'm not sure. So I will tell you, and this is probably not going to be satisfying to you, but there's still a little bit of mystery about exactly what the deal is with a scent or not a scent. Well, you know, if you don't have one, you might want to make one. Yeah, I, I thought about that, I too. I think a lot of people would like it. okay so if we in fact had a fragrance that we could bottle and sell how would you use it you know first i was thinking i would want it like as sort of sachet in my closet like hanging it in my closet or like some kind of diffuser 
And I was also thinking I would put it in like my bedroom bathroom, just because to me it's very pleasant and it's very calming to me, that smell. It does definitely remind me of the Nordstrom brand. Like as soon as I smell that smell, I don't even, if I was blindfolded, I would know I'm in a Nordstrom store. Oh, that's good. And I appreciate that you uh, follow up on these questions and inquiries as trivial as it may seem. I just really appreciate that you guys have uh, the mission and the vision that you do. Well, you're nice to say that. I mean, this is kind of the, the fun part of my job in a lot of ways, being able to hear back from customers. And and I think, and to your point, it could actually represent an opportunity for us. So I, I'm compelled by that, too. Joan, thanks again so much. It was great talking to you, and thanks for being our customer. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so obviously I got a little more detective work to do, but we'll come back to that later. Next up, we're going to hear from a customer by the name of Meredith Coors. And well, Meredith is kind of throwing her husband under the bus here with this one, but she also presents a unique opportunity for one of our employees to use their best judgment and solve a problem. Now, I want to preface this by saying that we don't really have a policy to govern this specific circumstance, so you may not experience the same results if you find yourself in a similar situation. However, we do encourage our employees to feel empowered to make these judgment calls, and I'm ultimately really proud that we took care of Meredith and made a lasting impression. Hi, may I speak with Meredith, please? This is Meredith. Is this Pete? It sure is. Pete Nordstrom. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah, of course. So, Meredith, so when I was in Austin and I was talking to our team there and they were talking about the podcast, they liked it. They said, you know, you should really talk to this one customer, uh, Meredith Coors. And so that's (laughs) how I was made aware of this. But I don't know much more than that. So here we are. I'm calling you like, I think you've got some kind of interesting customer story about Nordstrom and I'm anxious to hear it. Well, um, so I'm the mom of four kids and my two daughters were the flower girls in the wedding of one of my best friends from growing up. So I had to find, you know, the perfect outfit for my husband to wear. And I generally buy almost everything at Nordstrom. And we found him a great suit. It was this light colored summer weight Versace suit that looked great on him. So we bought the suit. We flew to North Carolina for the wedding. Not to, you know, embarrass my husband in any way. I told him I was going to tell this story. But my husband was having a good time at the wedding. He had had a few drinks. And he happened to take a little tumble down some stone steps outside. I I don't mean to chuckle, but the story's getting better already. Like, okay, keep going. (laughs) So he's wearing the suit from Nordstrom. He's had some drinks. He's having a good time. He fell down the stairs and ripped the knees out of the suit. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you've done this. You know, it's, it was a nice suit. It wasn't inexpensive. And it's the first time you're wearing it and you've already ruined it. So, needless to say, I was a little bit upset with him about the suit. And, you know, the jacket was still in good shape. So, when we returned from the wedding back to California, I called a gentleman that was my personal shopper. I said, you're not going to believe what my husband did to the suit. And I told him the whole story about what he'd done. And I said, you know, it's such a shame because it's a nice suit, but it came as a suit. And I'd love to see if I could just buy another pair of pants because the jacket's still in good shape. 
And my shopper was like, well, let me look into it, see what I can do. And when he finally got back to me, he said, you know, that suit should not have torn like that after one wear. We are going to replace the suit. So did he know that your husband took a little bit of a tumble down some steps? I was fully honest about the fact that my husband had had probably too many drinks and fallen down in the suit. It wasn't like the suit spontaneously tore. But I think the suit at that point was no longer in the system. And they found one, I think, at a Nordstrom rack that was like a size bigger. And they altered it. And they gave my husband another suit. And they were like, and just keep the torn one. You know, you could have an extra jacket. <laughs> but I thought it was such an excellent example of customer service because I was totally happy to just buy a new pair of pants if that was possible. And that's what I was looking for. But they went above and beyond finding my husband a new suit and just giving him a new suit altogether. And we still to this day get a chuckle out of the fact that they said that suit should not have torn like that after one wear as if it was like a defective suit or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. This stuff kind of comes up where there, there's latitude and judgment and all this stuff. And I just love that our people said, you know, they're about the solution. Like, hey, look, let's just take care of it for the customer. And that was great. I mean, I, I, I love hearing that. that. That's a great story. Yeah. So, I mean, I have tons of little tiny stories about Nordstrom, but that's, I think, my funniest one. And I'm still, you know, I still buy almost everything I can from Nordstrom because I just know that if I have an issue or I need to return it, that it's easy and it does make it easy to be a Nordstrom customer. Well, thanks so much for being our customer. And I appreciate you sharing this story and tell your husband thanks too. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't embarrass him too badly, but it's our very best Nordstrom story. <laughs> well, you can't blame the guy for having a little fun at a wedding, but try to be a little more careful next time. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna go back and dig a little deeper into this Nordstrom scent mystery. So I asked our vice president of store visual, Paige Boggs, to come into my office to see if she can shed some light on the situation. Let's see what she has to say. All right, Paige. Hi. Here go. Okay. So be, be funny and okay. charming and <laughs> engaging. Okay. Paige, welcome to the Nordy Pod. Thanks, Pete. So here's the deal. These two customers said, you must have a scent that you pump into your stores because your stores smell like something very specific. And I really like the scent at Nordstrom. And what is up with that? So do we actually pump a scent into our stores? We do not. And quite the opposite, actually. We avoid inserting scent into the store because people have such an adverse reaction to it. When I first started with the company, we had real Christmas trees in the store. So there were live trees, and they were kind of coated with this flame retardant to keep them from bursting into flames, I guess, when they got really dry. That's a good idea. And it was scented. It had a mild pine scent. It really just smelled like a tree. But even when we had those in stores, number one, people didn't think they were real because of the coating. But they were like, it smells so good. And then several other people... God, that smell is so irritating. So as we kind of went to not using live trees as part of being good for the environment, we noticed that less people complained about the smell. And we were one of the first stores to stop spraying people with fragrance, too. Right, that's right. And a lot of people come in our store, and our goal is to have people want to stay in the store and have people enjoy being in the store. And so not offending them is a great place to start. Yeah, you know, it's true. 
what you mentioned there about the scent, well, some people like it, some people don't. That's true on so many different Everything. subjects around here that it's always best to try to do the most neutral thing <laughs> because the worst thing you can do is make someone upset. I mean, that's a real unintended consequence yeah. when you're yeah. trying to make this a place that's inclusive and to have it be off-putting or, you know, for whatever reason is something that we try to avoid. And it's come up even with things like, you know, and you and I have worked a lot on this in the past, like the music in the store. We Good get one. a lot of feedback on that. And that's pretty tough to make 100% of the people happy on that Impossible. one. For sure. But, you know, it's good to listen to them. And some people have great points, but I think smelling clean is great, but not smelling like we're overly scrubbed or scented okay. is probably. We're showered well, but we're not perfumed up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's good. But it's interesting. These customers think feel exactly the opposite. Like, I think it smells great. Mm-hmm. I want to know what it is. I'd like to actually buy it from you. So that's a whole other discussion we're having is like, maybe there is some kind of scent we could put into diffusers or sachets or something where people could actually bring that scent to their home. But I guess the stores do have some kind of scent, but do you just think that is a result of all these different factors coming into play, you know, whether it's the beauty counter and everything that's going on there, or, you know, the shoe department, and that leather that smells a certain way or coffee. whatever it is. It has coffee, to be. All it's of all, it. I yeah. think it is. I think it's all of those things. In the early 90s, when um, I worked in San Diego, it was the holidays and the couple came into the store and I opened the door for them because we were like scraping something off the window. And the woman said... God, I love the way the store smells. And her husband said, that's the smell of money. And I started laughing. And that was like the ultimate early 90s comment, right? And yeah. I just started laughing. But it was Christmas and it was busy and there was tons of people around. But, I mean, I don't know that we would be able to make the smell of a store if we tried. I mean, I guess it's an ultimate compliment, but it's a really hard thing to recreate. Yeah. At least it's not offensive and they're not leaving because of the yes. smell. At least as far as we know. But maybe yeah. we'll learn more about that in the mailbag, who knows? So there we have it though. We have now unraveled the mystery. Is there or is there not an intentional scent, I should say? And the answer is no. There's not. Okay. Paige, thank you so much for bringing some clarity to that. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Well, all right. Now we have a definitive answer to the question. Is there a Nordstrom scent? But I am not totally satisfied. I want to know if we could potentially make this a real thing because it seems like there might actually be demand for it. But before we go further down that rabbit hole, let's hear another customer story. This one comes to us from a woman named Kimberly Williams, who took the time in the middle of her vacation, which is noteworthy, to send me a very thoughtful email detailing a pretty incredible experience she had at our Vancouver store. And I was so impressed by the service our employees provided that I decided to reach out to them as well so we could hear their side of the story. Take a listen. Kimberly, it's Pete Nordstrom calling. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks so much for um, taking my call and agreeing to do this. No problem whatsoever. I'm really, really happy to do it. And if I don't have to call you Mr. Nordstrom, <laughs> then you can just call me Kim. Yeah, that sounds really good. You can call my dad <laughs> okay, Mr. Nordstrom, but yeah, no, I go by Pete. So that's good. So I'll call you Kim. That sounds good. <laughs> All right. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what led you to write to me about this? Yeah, so I am, uh, my husband and I, live in San Diego, and we were embarking on a six and a half week 
basically all summer vacation, starting with a cruise to Alaska. And it was supposed to be his retirement kickoff. And we got married right before COVID, didn't get to have a honeymoon. So it was our honeymoon slash retirement. So we had our cruise booked, leaving out of San Diego. We're supposed to get into Vancouver at like noon. So we had the whole day to look around the city. And then the next day we were leaving on a ship to go to Alaska. So the day before we leave, we get an email from the airlines that said, your flight's canceled. And that was kind of it. And so instead of leaving at like eight o'clock in the morning, they had us leaving at I think noon. And so basically our whole first day was completely botched. We didn't get to see Vancouver. We ended up getting in instead of noon, we get in at nine o'clock at night. We're hot and we're sweaty. And we want to get to our hotel and there is no luggage to be found (laughs) at all. I think, I think a lot of people can relate to this. Yes. This, this happens occasionally. It does. So the guy at the airline said, you know, you're just going to have to go and buy two days worth of clothing, two or three days. If the luggage shows up at your hotel, great. If not, go and do that. We get to the hotel, luggage isn't there. Next morning they said, luggage isn't here. And not only that, we had to catch a shuttle by 11 o'clock that morning to the cruise terminal. And it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, where am I supposed to find clothing at nine o'clock in the morning in downtown Vancouver? Cause everything is closed. So I'm an avid Nordstrom shopper. I'm even a former employee from way back in the eighties. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had, I have that background. So the only store that I know that opens at 10 in the morning because everything else opens at 11 is Nordstrom. That was it. So I thought we got to find a way if there is one close. Well, it happened that there was one about two blocks from our hotel. Yeah, that's a good store, too. We, we like Vancouver. That's a good spot. It's a beautiful store. Right. And so we were stressed. My husband says, there's no way we're going to make it. And I said, look, just let me see if we can do this. I think we can. We can certainly try. So we, we walked down to the store. We got there at like five minutes before it was supposed to open. And there was a sales associate that was unlocking the doors. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, you know, it's before 10. She was, yeah, come on in. I thought, okay, this is great. This is looking really good. So we walk in and my husband, I looked at him and I said, here's the deal. Let me handle it. And whatever happens, you don't say a word. You just let me take care of it. <laughs> How did that go over with him? Was he okay with that? Well, he was a little nervous, right? <laughs> he's like, so I said, you don't get to have any say. We got to push through this thing. And I said, my plan is I'm going to find the first sales associate who even makes eye contact. And I didn't walk 10 steps. And this girl walks up, I think it was Fiona, and says, you know, hi, can I help you? All right, here we go. Are you Fiona? Yes, hi, I'm Fiona. Hello. Anna's having technical difficulties, but she will join. You can do it together. Hi, Mr. Nordstrom. Hey, you can call me Peep. Thanks. That's good, though. Thank you. (laughs) All right, you guys, can you hear me now? Are we good? Yes. Okay. So you guys... I don't know if you know this, but we had this amazing customer feedback about a wonderful experience in your store. And so we said, we've got to hear from the people that actually helped this customer because it's kind of a remarkable story. So do you remember this customer, Kim Williams? We do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She came in frantically with her husband and all her luggage was lost from her flight and she was going on a cruise and she only had like a short amount of time to find replacement clothing and items. Okay. So let's back up a second. So use the word frantic. So I want to understand what that moment was like when you came face to face with her and met her and what was going through your head about 
geez, should, should I help this customer? What's going on? So tell me about that initial meeting of Kim Williams. Yeah. So she approached me and said, here's the deal. My husband and I, we have this big retirement cruise coming up. We're supposed to be at the shuttle in less than an hour. We have no luggage. And I went through the whole limit. I said, I need makeup, makeup remover. I need undergarments. We've got a formal coming up tonight. I need spanks. I just really need someone to help me. And I was like, of course, like, this is my job. I have to help you out. I'm going to get everything together for you. And I don't want you to stress about this. She's a great, I'm on it. And then she dashed off. And so Anna, so what was your role? When did you get involved? Um, so Fiona picked her outfits and then I went in lingerie and I got her some underwear, some bras. I had her buy my bras and underwear <laughs> and it fit. <laughs> that's pretty good. Who does that? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty yeah. Good. And my husband goes, this isn't going to work. I get to try stuff on. I said, da, 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 da. I got this. <laughs> and so this other associate walks up and I think Sonia was the other girl. And she said, you know, excuse me, I heard that you have a situation. Can I help your husband? And I said, absolutely. Take him to men's furnishings. These are his sizes. These are the brands that he likes. Go and do it. And he looked at me like, like he was heading into some kind of a black vortex. Like, I wasn't sure if he thought he would even see me again. I said, just go, go. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So Sonia took her husband upstairs and shopped outfits from head to toe. And my husband, he actually went into the dressing room to try things on. I didn't get a chance to try on anything. Not a stitch. So you're going to have to wear like something to a formal event and you didn't even try it on? I didn't try it on. She was in that much of a rush. She actually trusted me to like, she told me all her sizes and she trusted me to find everything in the perfect size for her. So I would go grab stuff, put it at the cash wrap and then go run it back around again. So she basically is taking a look at its stuff on a hanger or whatever at a cash wrap. Like, okay, I like that. I don't like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Fiona, the girl who I worked with, she just really thought the whole thing through, you know, was saying, okay, what kind of a cruise are you going on? Do you need a swimsuit? Do you need tennis shoes? Like she was really trying to think ahead and not to upsell, but it was, she said, I need to make sure that you're taken care of. You're going on a cruise and, you know, what else do you need? I mean, she said, do you need makeup? Oh, I didn't think about that. So I kind of had to like ask those questions, like what products do you usually use? She took me down to the makeup counter. I said, these are the brands that I wear. These are the colors. And she beelined it to every single one of the counters that I had told her. Within 10 minutes, she had everything I needed. It was really great to like help her find like the perfect like foundation shade and like blush, bronzer, eyebrow stuff. Like it was a little bit more complicated because obviously I'm not a makeup salesperson, but I was able to figure it out pretty quickly. And apparently, I guess a couple of sales associates had come up to the girls and said, you know, this is your, which I didn't know, this is your first week. Both the girls that we had, this was their first week on the floor. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we can, we'll take over. We'll take care of this for you. Both were like, no, 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 we, we got this. We can do this. Is it true that you were a relatively new employee at that time? Yeah. So I was actually one of the summer interns and this was probably in my first or second week of the new position. So it was crazy. <laughs> what was like going through your mind when you were confronted with this situation? Were you feeling like, uh oh, this is out of my depth. I better get my manager or something to help. Or did you say, nope, I got it. I know what to do. So that's where I was able to team up with Sonia because it was also Sonia's first week as well. So we were able to collaborate together and use our teamwork and divide and conquer so we could get the job done as quickly as possible. Because if it was just me helping both Kimberly and her husband, it probably would have taken me much longer. And the manager of the department was so cool. 
she sat back, she let her girls do what they needed to do, and she just started, you know, taking off the prize tag, wrapping everything up in tissue paper. I let Fiona and Sonia take charge, and then I just stepped in to make everything come together, like to help them wrap it. We were all calm. None of us were nervous. We were just like working teamwork. And it was really fast. Like she wasn't in the store for a very long time. I would say less than 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. it was very quick. When it was all said and done at 1040, we were checking out and... With all of it, with your husband's stuff and your stuff? Yeah, everything, wow. everything. And literally out the door, my husband was shaking his head. He's like, I, I, I can't believe that this worked. And so we beelined it back to the hotel we got there by five minutes to 11, and the lady at the desk said, the shuttle isn't even here, it's running late. And if you want, you could walk to the ship terminal, which was eight, 10 blocks away or something like that. So we walked down to the ship with all of our Nordstrom bags, laughing, telling the story to so many people. And in the moment, I don't think any, all three of them, the, the manager or the two sales girls, I don't think any of them thought that they were going above and beyond. But the thing is, is, you know, I didn't know the store. I mean, this was Canada. I, I was from San Diego. So it wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked any other way. You know, this ended up being a really kind of remarkable story and the customer's super happy. Did you know that in the moment that that was a pretty big deal? And how did you feel after you guys got her taken care of and she's walking out the door satisfied? It was like a really good feeling moment. Like Anna was telling me and Sonia how proud she was of us and how it was like such a great accomplishment. And so it was, it was really good feeling moment. It just made our day that we made her smile. And I bought this beautiful dress that was amazing at the captain's dinner that night. And I even got compliments and it fit everything fit like a dream. It was for me, it was the epitome of the Nordstrom experience. It was an extraordinary experience. I don't expect most people to have something like that happen, but it did. And it was amazing. It was really, truly it, it really made our holiday. Well, look, at I, I love hearing the story. You're, you're really nice to tell it. What impresses me, I guess, what I'm proud of with our team took the initiative to recognize that there is a customer in need and we're in a position where we can provide a solution. And they did it. I, th- I think the thing that I didn't know is that those employees were relatively new. And it wasn't because they were the most experienced person in the store. They just intuitively knew that that was their job. Yeah. Not because that's in some kind of training manual, because it's not, right? It's like customers come in here and our job is to do our best to make them feel good and look their best. And I really like that part of them just taking the initiative to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel at all like a sale. It just felt like you walk in, these are your needs, and you know they're going to get met. I think we might have to make this like required listening for all new salespeople. Like this is what I know you're not going to get this in training, but this is the spirit of intent of what we need to do. So look for these opportunities to take care of people and create solutions. So again, you're super nice to share that with me. And um, Kim, thanks so much for being on the Nordy pod today. Uh, That's such a wonderful story and you're a great customer and we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate you all too. So stick around and and I'll be shopping for many, many years to come for sure. (laughs) All right. That sounds good. So Fiona and Anna, what makes for a great day for you? Like at the end of the day, you feel like I really enjoyed my job. For me, it's just like having that satisfaction of a customer just being grateful and like thankful for the services that I provide. Like it just seeing them smile makes my day and that they're happy with my performance. And Anna, how about you? For me, um, I like to see the team 
all being like all being on the same page. Like I like them to be passionate about what they're doing and I like them to help the customer. I like them to feel happy. It makes us all happy when the customer is happy. Well, look, I I just want to conclude by telling you guys, thank you for doing what you did there. That's great. This stuff, while I know it's fun to do and everything, I want to let you know that the example that it sets, not only in your store, but even more broadly, is really important. Because a big part of what makes Nordstrom work is that we have this culture of taking care of customers like this. And how that expectation gets out there to our teams is through literal examples of things that have happened and stories like this. And um, you contributed to that now. And I I just want to thank you for doing that. And this is going to get shared out and people are going to learn about it. And they'll say, oh, I mean, maybe that I should think about it that way when I'm, you know, walking through the store and trying to help a customer. So the fact that this customer took time, first of all, to write this all out and send it to me. And then she got on the phone with me and and talked to me about the whole thing. That's pretty impressive. And you guys deserve a ton of credit for a job well done. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you as well. Thank you for recognizing us. And thank you for taking your time to talk with us. That's great. All right. Well, I'll see you guys next time I'm up in Vancouver. All right. Amazing. Thank you you so much for talking to us today. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Man, I am so proud of those women in Vancouver. That is exactly the kind of service we aim for, and it was done with such a great attitude. I loved how Fiona said, well, of course, this is my job. I don't want you to stress about it. And to think she was just an intern at that time, that is incredible. Fiona, Sonia, Anna, thank you so much again for a job well done. Okay, let's jump back into the Nordstrom Scent situation. So I've asked Debbie Hartley Treesh to come into my office. She is our general merchandise manager for, amongst other things, our beauty department. Debbie is going to help me understand some of the logistics and the likelihood of getting a Nordstrom scent up on the shelves. Hello, Debbie. Hi. Welcome to the Nordy Pod. <laughs> well, thanks, Pete. <laughs> I just sit right here. This is Command Central. Wow. All right. So there's a couple things, Debbie, we're going to talk about. One of them is. I um, have no idea what's happening. Well, I'm going to tell you what's happening. So here's what's (laughs) happening. We actually caught completely separate and different emails and calls about people asking if we have a specific scent in our stores (laughs) because our stores smell a specific way and they think it's awesome. So, but one of the things this woman was talking about when we were talking to her, she says, well, you should make a scent because I would buy it. <laughs> so Debbie Hartley Tree, she was here with us today in the Nordy Pod, whose responsibility is the cosmetics division, the accessory division, handbags, jewelry, all that main floor stuff. I ask you, Debbie, as the person that would make this decision and how we actually would make it happen, could we actually figure out a Nordstrom scent and buy bottle it and sell it? Well, we can do anything. Do we do it today? We we do not. I think Have you ever been asked this before? No. <laughs> and how long have you worked in Nordstrom, Debbie? 32 years. Okay. I think what will be tricky just to throw it out there and I think this is probably what the customers alluding to is that it's almost a combination of all of it that brings that smell to life. That Well, Nordstrom I think that's scent. right. If it's not actually a specific scent we're pumping in there, Correct. it is the way the cacophony 
of sense collides together. together. I mean, there's probably even a top note of the e-bar because most beauty departments are buying e-bar. So I'm just saying it's probably the smell of all of the activity in the beauty department that comes to life with that scent. So how do you go and get that one smell when it's so many different elements together? That's what I believe is the scent of Nordstrom, if you were going to ask me that. I mean, if you were to say to someone, it's my job to describe the scent and for us to get it, how, how would you describe it? That's actually a tough question. But when I think of a scent and I think of Nordstrom, I think of something warm. I think of something welcoming. I think of something that is going to connect back to a memory because it is a fact. We can all Google it later. There's this whole thing about the sense of smell and how it connects to a memory. And so I think what's happening and when customers are talking about the scent of Nordstrom, I think part of it is how we make them feel. I really truly believe that the scent of Nordstrom is not just the literal scent itself. I think it connects back to memories and how we make them feel. Assuming we could somehow bottle this, yes. do you think people would be interested in it and we could sell it? Yes. All right, so here's here's your homework assignment. You, okay. you need to take this away and tell me if you think it's a legitimate business opportunity for us. Okay. And then the other part is like, and what exactly would that smell be? I don't... That's <laughs> the tricky part. Maybe start That's asking the tricky some part. people. Like, what do they smell when they come into our store? So that might be, again, the other step with customers. But I think, again, your takeaway for us is Mm -hmm. see if you can figure out if there is actually a commercial opportunity here. Done. Well, you know, as much as I thought we might be able to close out this scent segment, it feels like it's ongoing. So we will follow back up with you and see what you think about that. Maybe talk to some folks in the industry and see what they have to say. Great. Bring it on. All right, so before we finish up this episode, I want to share one more conversation with you that was a real treat for me. We got a voicemail from a very familiar voice from the past, a former employee named Maury Eskenazi. Maury's voicemail immediately made me nostalgic for a time when we were much younger guys working together here in our downtown Seattle store, long before I became president of the company. I knew Maury was going to be a fun conversation, and he did not disappoint. It was a blast going back and digging up fond memories with Maury, and I think you're really going to enjoy getting a little peek behind the scenes of a Nordstrom that most people never see. too early. Hey, man. How's it going? Hey, Maury. All right. I, I, I got to say, what I saw, like, I got a call from Maury Eskenazi, like, we are calling him back for sure. Yeah, so, that's so awesome. So, so Maury, what I want to kind of get to, first of all, is, you know, when I think about working with you and, and your, your time with us, you were always such a character and, and people <laughs> like working with you because you, you made the job fun. But Why don't you talk a little bit about just how you came to work at Nordstrom and what that was like for you? Okay. So one of my first jobs I got was at a place called Kinney Shoes. I don't know if you remember Kinney Shoes. Oh, I remember Kinney Shoes, yes. But I was like 17 and I was working with this guy and then he moved on and got a job at Nordstrom's and he kind of got me an interview at Nordstrom's because everybody knew that was the place you wanted to work. What did that mean to you? Why why do you say that? Oh, I mean, it was the premier place to work. 
I never talked to anybody that said, oh, God, I'm working at Nordstrom. I just had the reputation of it's Nordstrom and then everybody else. So were you in BP shoes in 1978 or 79 or in women's shoes? Women's shoes. Women's shoes. So I was there for a couple years, and then I was there when we moved the old Bellevue Square to the new Bellevue Square Mall. Yeah, Uh, we we moved down the mall to the old Frederick Nelson space, right? We expanded that, right? Yeah. So then I was in downtown Seattle, and that's when, I mean, that's that was life-changing working at uh, downtown Seattle. I made so many friends, and it was a blast. And we were, like, you know, right by the main entrance of Westlake. And we, I remember we would have night shifts where we would stay. There would be a group of us that would work after closing till 7 o'clock in the morning, and we'd put the hash, the shoe hash together. Music blaring. We would get food from the cafe. Someone had the keys to the door, so we went outside to smoke a cigarette out at Westlake, not realizing that there was alarms, and all of a sudden the Seattle Police Department was surrounding us. That was pretty fun. Um, And then, you know, trying to get all the shoes off the floor before we opened and seeing the look on Bob Nunn's face as he came in at 8 o'clock in the morning, seeing stacks of shoes. God. All over the place. I remember those days well because I was part of that stuff too. We had to, you know, whether it's running in the anniversary shoes or doing the sale hash you're talking about. I, it's funny. I look back at those times too of being fun, not being like, oh my God, yeah. this is terrible. And maybe in the yeah. moment we thought it was terrible, but I remember that being fun too. No, it was a blast. And yeah, just uh, I can't tell you some of the other things that happened at that night. But yeah, it was pretty fun. One of the greatest things that happened to me when I worked down there, the final four was going on. And when Final Four was in town, it was amazing. I mean, there were so many coaches and stuff would come in. But I remember I walked up, Mr. Bruce was walking by, and I said to him kind of sarcastically, I'm not going to ask you for tickets like everybody is. I just want to say, hey, how's it going? And two hours later, his assistant came down and gave me, Mr. Bruce wants you to have these, and gave me two tickets to the Final Four. Nice. That is something I'll never forget. Yeah, that was so awesome. Um, Christmas time was amazing. And the display people always told me, Maury, we have a menorah somewhere in the store. We're not going to tell you where it is. You have to try to figure out where it is. So, so that, was, that was always fun. Um, you know, and, and, and speaking of Christmas time, I had, for my 30th birthday, my kids got me, I got my ear pierced, right? So there was a time when you couldn't wear earrings. You know, guys couldn't wear earrings at Nordstrom. Yep. You'd love so, it here now, Maury. People can wear pretty much whatever they want. I know. I see Junior all this time, and I give him a bad time for his stupid little hat and vest that he wears. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I just I did one day to wear a dangling Christmas light earring that flashed. <laughs> and I believe that I, I helped Jeannie that day. And then, like, half an hour later... I went home. Yeah. So for the listeners, Jeannie's my dad's wife. So that's good. So did yeah, Je- yeah. Did, did Jeannie approve yeah. your dangly Christmas yeah. earring? Yeah. She thought it was great. You <laughs> know, she, she, she was, she loved everything. You know what, yeah. Maury, it's funny you brought this up because I was going to ask you, you were always the guy that was kind of bucking authority a little bit. You did your job, yeah. but, but the managers, you know, you gave them a tough time sometimes, but it was yeah. usually in pretty good fun. But I remember clearly, I mean, you had like the long hair, you had the earring. I think you used to push the limits on, you know, am I wearing a suit? I mean, does it have a vent in the coat? Is it a tie? Is it an appropriate tie? Yes, you're absolutely right. I would always push the envelope just a little bit. It's so funny because Eric was my boss at the time and he told me, 
that Mr. Bruce said to him, who's this guy with the long hair and the earring? And Eric said, he's my number one salesman. And Mr. Bruce said, all right, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know that you work with my brother Eric down there directly. Did you ever work with Blake directly down there too? Yeah, yes, absolutely, yeah. One time we had a really good anniversary sale and Eric took us out on the boat. It was a blast. It was so much fun. So wait a minute. So they took you out on my dad's boat? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The whole department went out on the boat, and uh, we kind of got out of hand. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had a little conversation about that. But other than that, it was great. He was a great manager to work for. Um, I remember one time, a junior, we went to watch the Mariners uh, play a playoff game at a bar in downtown Seattle and just stayed there for the entire game and came back and we had to like shift stock because our manager was upset with us because we were gone for three hours. <laughs> the three hour lunch break didn't go over well? Yeah, the three hour lunch break did not go over well, <laughs> but what the heck, you know, it was all good. Um, you know, I also have a memory of, you know, signing in and coming downstairs for the grand opening of the downtown Seattle location. And I remember walking down with Mr. Bruce and I just looked at him and I gave him a hug. I had like a tear in my eye because it was just so emotional. You know, we've been through so much to move all the stock in the middle of the night and get the department going. And it was just, it was like probably one of my proudest moments working at Nordstrom. It was just, it was so cool. So Maury, I mean, like, I really remember you as a guy that everyone liked working with. I mean, you had a good time. You were able to laugh at yourself. You were able to laugh. I mean, a lot of weird, funny things happened in the shoe department. But I remember, right. like, you were really good at that. And the other thing that was great about you is while you had a good time, you laughed stuff, you took your job seriously about – you were a really good salesperson. I mean, you you worked at it, and you sold a lot. So, I mean, yeah. there was a that, – that was a good thing, too. So, as you look back on it, what about, like, the Nordstrom culture and that environment and everything – appealed to you and, and made you stick around and you know give your best for so many years? I, I just, I liked what I was doing. I thought I was pretty good at it. I, I would go out of my way for my customers that I was helping. And I loved that. I loved the customer service aspect of it. And to this day, when I'm, you know, talking to somebody about advertising, I always include, yeah, I used to be a Nordstrom shoe dog for a long time. So, I mean, it's a, it's a huge part of it, and I think I said this on the message that I left, you know, the whole Nordstrom experience has made me what I am today. I mean, I, I go out of my way to help my clients, but I loved it. You know, the, the thing about it, I love the people. I love the managers, the management team, and I've made some amazing friends, and I'm still on these Nordstrom Facebook groups and seeing, you know, what people are saying as far as working there, and I still have great friends that I'm still in touch with. And uh, anyways, it's off. it was awesome. Well, look, and I, I just want you to know from me that like when I saw your name come up in that, I was like, that's great. I, I have super fond memories of you, Maury. And I, you should know, and I think, and I speak for Eric too, that we look at you as a guy that we enjoyed working with and, and in so many ways kind of personified what those days were like on the shoe selling forum. You know, selling shoes is hard work. And um, there's a lot that's challenging about it, but it can be rewarding too. But a big part of what I liked about it was the people that we got to work with and kind of the team aspect of how it all was together. And, and you were a real leader amongst the crew. People looked up to you, but you know, you talked about the impact it's made on you kind of post leaving there and everything, but 
I appreciate it. And thanks for sharing some stories with me today. That I, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was good catching yeah. up with you. If you're ever yeah, around man. here, you should say hi. I mean, we I know Eric okay. and I would love to see you. I totally will, man. I really appreciate it. And it means a lot to me what you said. So thank you so much. You take care. Thanks, Pete. All right, Maury, take Go care. Am. Go M. Go Mariners. All right. <laughs> see yeah. Bye. Well, that's the show. Maury, I'm sure you're listening to this, so thanks again for calling in. And thanks to everyone else who has called in or sent emails. I can't stress this enough. We really love hearing from you. The success of our business is directly affected by how well we treat our customers, and we can't know how we're doing unless we actually hear from you. And if you enjoy listening to these stories, we actually have more on the back burner. So keep tuning into the Nordy Pod, and you'll definitely be hearing more of these interesting stories from the Nordstrom Mailbag sprinkled into future episodes. To make sure you never miss any of these stories, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please take a minute to give us a like, a share, and a review so other people can find this thing too. For more information about the show, head to nordstrom.com slash nordypodcast where you can listen to episodes, see upcoming guests, and learn about how to get involved. Again, we really want to hear about your experience at Nordstrom, good and bad. So if you have a story, please let us know. Send us an email to nordypodcast at nordstrom.com or give us a call and leave a voicemail at 206-594-0526. And you might just hear your voice on a future episode of the show. So don't be shy, drop us a line and be part of the Nordy Pod. And make sure to tune in next time when you get to hear more from the Nordstrom Mailbag, because the fact is, we actually had more stories than we could get to in this episode, and they keep coming in. The person who was helping me brought up shoes, and I'm like, uh, yep, right needs this, the left needs that, I have two different sized feet, and much to my shock, she was okay, I'll sell it to you. I said, what? She bought a beautiful gown, wore it for the whole evening, night went off without a hitch, came home and couldn't get the gown off. I answered the phone and it was a lady crying so hard I could barely understand her. And I go into fix it mode, like, no problem, where are you? And she says, four and a half hours north in the middle of Idaho. This woman, unbeknownst to me, she went down on her own time, like an hour away. She found one jacket left that was in the rack that was my size in perfect condition. That would be good enough if that were the end of the story, but that is not the end of the story. So join us next time on The Nordy Pod. <laughs>